It's good to bring your Bible. It's good to bring your Bible. It looks like this. A Bible, it kind of looks like this. Okay, it's a book. It's got, it's got some pages. There's 66 books in it. Um, it makes for good reading. I promise you it makes for good reading. Better than Facebook, I promise you. It makes better reading than Facebook. In the ice the moon, I mean ice This is better reading than the local newspaper as well. Um, so please bring along your Bibles. It can be electronic version as well. Okay, if you've got a cell phone, yeah, download the Holy Bible. Don't just download the Bible, the Holy Bible. Okay, the Holy Bible. You download that part, the Holy part, because it's holy. It's not. It's not a common book. That's why it says Holy Bible, because it's not a common book. It's not just a Bible. It's a Holy Bible. It's the Holy Word of God. Don't, down, don't downplay this to make it small. Um, and if you go and have to need to go and dust it off, just don't tell me about it, okay? <laughs> just go dust it off. Now I've been reading it every day, Pastor. I can see pages are all white on the outside. Because once they start getting dirty on the outside, I actually know that you're reading it. <laughs> All right, this morning I want to talk about why defending the image of love is important. It's because uh, you need to understand that this, the world, and if I have to ask you, any one of you, give me a definition of love, or how does love look, we'll probably have a hundred different opinions, am I right? Of what, it, what love is, and how love is supposed to function. And we've heard this, love is love is love, ne? Now that's hogwash. That's from the pits of hell. Okay? When somebody comes to me, but love is love is love. No, 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 no. That's from the pits of hell. Okay? There is not one person in this building that will be okay if somebody loves them just the way they want to love them. If you follow what I'm saying. Go love your wife just the way you want to love her. And go love your husband just the way you want to love him. And see how far that gets. See how far it will get you. You're not going to get very far. Then both of you are going to go too bar. Man. You know what too bar looks like? <laughs> <laughs> Blas opi. In Afrikaans, a blast opi fizz. <laughs> Some people become brilparas. Br br <laughs> 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 I'm enjoying it. Fantastic. Okay, so love is not love is not love. The same with the Lord. You can't say, I love the Lord, I serve the Lord my way. Have you heard that? Have you heard people say that? I serve the Lord my way. Okay? No. No, 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 no. That's the highway to hell. Serving the Lord my way. I just serve the Lord my way. No, it's a personal relationship. Yes, it's a personal relationship defined by Him. Not by us. You following? He defines the way of the relationship. Does that make sense? We love him because he first loved us. There's no, oh, I love you, Lord, you know. I found Jesus. I found him. Ah, you did. Repent of your arrogance. He found you. You following? He found you. He loved you while you were at war. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, we were at war and hated God. Okay, But I never hated God while well, then uh, submit to the Word. The Word says, 
when you were unsaved, you hated him and you were at war with him. No, but it's not true. It's not true. Well, your opinion does not matter. Okay? We tore out that book last week. The book of opinions and the book of feelings. It's torn out. So you cannot serve God the way you want to serve God. You have to defend the definition of love. And I want to show you something here this morning. Matthew 20, 17. And Jesus was going... Let me just get my Bible. <laughs> now Jesus was going to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn Him to death, and deliver Him to the Gentiles, to mock and to scourge and to crucify, and on the third day He will rise again. Wilco, what are you talking about? It's very easy. It's very easy. First thing I want you to see here is that Jesus was popular with the Gentiles. Did you know that? When Jesus was alive, living in Jerusalem, he was popular with the Gentiles. They weren't just Jews living in Jerusalem. It was like a trade mecca. So there were everybody, every color, every sorts living in Jerusalem, trading, doing their business. And Jesus was popular amongst them. How do we know that Jesus was popular amongst them? Well, remember the five feeding the 5,000? It wasn't just Jews he fed. It was Gentiles too. And then the other time, remember, he was feeding the multitudes or 7,000 people. It wasn't just Jews. He was popular. He had a following. So let's just take lights in the forest, okay? We've been doing it for nine days. Uh, who's tired? Okay? We are tired. It's hard work, isn't it? Peter, you're also tired. Fantastic, my boy. That is good parenting. I'm going to give your parents some accolades. A tired child is a sign of good parenting. <laughs> you want to know if you're a good parent? Is your baby's face in its food. <laughs> you're a good parent. You're winning the battle. <laughs> and we've had 2,800 people come through. Let's give the team applause there. Two thousand eight hundred people in nine days. Jesus feeds five thousand one day. He is popular amongst the Gentiles. He's pop. They're following him out there. No lights there. Not even food. They don't have pancakes going. Right? I don't have pancakes. Have you seen Kay sleep lately? Did you see her worship? She goes like this. <laughs> Rolling pancakes, Bob. There's not pancakes or cokes and cold drinks that's been freezed and cooled down. Nothing. They're going out into a wilderness and they follow him. Jesus is popular with Gentiles. He is popular with the unsaved. Okay? Behold, we're going to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and scribes. This is why we need to defend the image of love, because Jesus is portraying the image of love. Jesus is portraying the image of love. Now pause there. I want you to know there's only one scripture in the Bible that says God is love. One scripture in the Bible says God is love. It's in 1 John 4. It says, brethren, love one another, for God is love. One scripture. Every book of the Bible 
describes God as righteous and holy. This is important. It's very, very important. If we defend the image of love, we defend the holiness of God. We defend the righteousness of God because God's love had to meet His righteousness. Sin cannot stand in God's presence. This is love. Now I'm going to serve God the way I want to. No, 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 you cannot. You're serving a little Jesus in the box on your head that you describe to you. I will not let my God tell me I don't love him. Oh, really? I've had few people say that to me. I will not let my God tell me that I am not humble. Are you following? That is exactly the same as saying, I will serve God my way. I will tell my God how I will serve him. Then who's the God? Are you following? Who is the superior then? I tell you, you tell me. Who's the superior? Then I'm the superior. I will serve God my way. I will live my life my way. I will love you my way. No, that get on the highway. Sarara, goodbye. We have to defend the image of love, the definition of love. What love is truly, because it's not love is love is love, free for all. Just love people. Just love them. No, you can't do that. Because that is a amper word. That is a humanistic approach. And we're not in a humanistic regime when we're in the kingdom of God. We're in a kingdom where the king says how it will be. And the king is righteous. Do you know how righteous the king is? The minute Adam and Eve sinned, he put them out of his presence. The word Eden means the presence of God. He covered them and he said, outside my presence. And he put an angel to guard that. So Adam and Eve couldn't go back into his presence. Because of sin. Remember a guy called Noah? You remember that guy? He's building a boat. Okay. The whole world drowned because of sin. Then there's a, this peculiar situation where certain King David decided, I want to bring the ark of God's presence into my place. And they went and fetched it just nilly-willy. Let's just go fetch God's presence. Making God small. Making the image of love small. Let's go just fetch it. We walk into the Philistines' place. We take the ark. The Philistines say, the Philistines no longer want the ark because they're all getting cancer tumors. You can go read the Bible. Brain tumors because of sin in the presence of God. And so they take this ark and the ox stumbles and the guy puts his hand out to stop this ark from falling and the Lord strikes him dead. Now serve God my way. So David pulls that little ark right there to a guy called Obed-Edom. He says, park the ark right here. Just park it right here. Obed-Edom. It's like taking your car with a flat and just parking it somewhere. I'll come back for you. Ne? You'll come back to nothing in Africa. <laughs> Obed-Edom starts flourishing. David goes home. David's crying. Why is David crying? 
Why did the Lord do that to me? I want the presence of I want to serve God my way. I want to serve Him my way. That's what he's crying about. I want to serve God my way, and God is not satisfied with that. Okay, what you want about? It's a holy God, it's a righteous God, and He has got He has defined love. It's not just love is love is love. So David goes and does some research. Oh, only the priests are allowed to carry the ark. It's not supposed to be on some cart with some donkey or cow pulling it. You will carry it on your shoulders. Are you getting that? Are you getting that? Animals don't carry God's glory. You do. Animals are not the temple of God. You are. can't just cart him around whichever way. You can't act like an animal and think, well, I've got the presence of the Lord, you know. You've got to act like a priest. It's a priestly calling. The Bible says you're a holy nation, royal priesthood, a peculiar people, peculiar. Look at your neighbor. Just look at your neighbor. See, you're peculiar. Huh? <laughs> Not in that way now, right? <laughs> peculiar. <laughs> you're a peculiar people. That's what the Word of God says. <laughs> Jesus is a holy God. Sin and Jesus don't mix. You can't serve Him the way you want to serve Him. You have to serve Him the way He says you serve Him. The way He says you love Me. That's how you do. We have to defend. Otherwise, we'll fall for every single doctrine that blows this way and blows that way. And because it feels good, we can do it. Who's heard that before? As long as it feels good, we can do it. Nah. Yeah. You know what? We're not getting married right now. I just want to see if it works out so we're staying together. God understands. No, He does not. Would you understand after you've beaten your child to a pulp for sin? And then I go, yeah, but God will understand. Will you understand? Will it be okay for you? No, it won't. God doesn't understand that. He's already crucified Christ for it. Does it make sense? He has defined love. He's given a definition of love. So I can't go on doing what I want to do the way I want to do it because... See, now what happens is, behold, we're going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and scribes. Those are the clever people. Those are the mainstream thoughts of the day. Those are the influences. Let me get onto TikTok language. Those are the influences of the day. The scribes and the Pharisees, the chief priests, they are the influences. Jesus is popular until this point. There are people following him wherever he goes. He is popular. He is he he edify it, it he demonstrates love. First day with my new lips. Okay? He demonstrates love. He is the express image of love. He is popular. He says, I will be delivered to the TikTokers, to the influencers. I will be delivered to the educated people, to the pastors and the, the, the main churches and the main people, the main people. And they will do what? Break down the image of love. 
condemn him to death. They will break down the image of love. It takes a certain authority to break the image of Christ. Do you follow? It takes people that are educated. It takes people that are influential. It takes people with money to start breaking down the image of Christ. The image of love. And if we do not know what the image of love is, we'll fall for it. It comes in small little packages. God doesn't heal anymore. No, the Bible's just a book. Oh, prayer doesn't really work. I don't go to church. You know, I don't need to go to church to be saved. Excuse me. You're going on your own bag wagon. Just, just tell me quickly. Is anybody okay with their spouse having another partner? Is anybody here okay with it? No one? You sure? Going once? I've got scripture to say it's okay. Okay? Abraham had many wives. I saw as many children. <laughs> Solomon had many wives. Going once, going twice. Okay. Neither does the Lord. He says, you are my bride. I don't want you with other lovers. That's why we call him a jealous God. Yeah, but God's a jealous God. God's a jealous God. Breaking down the image. No, no, you're understanding it wrong. Will you share your wife or your husband with another person? No, you won't. Okay? That means you are jealous. It's a healthy jealous. not a breakdown, envious jealous. It is mine jealous. Okay? God says you are mine. All right? So now, you're addicted to something. That's become your lover. You're addicted to your own opinion, your own education. That's become your lover. You might want to mix religions and take some stuff from Hinduism and some stuff from Hare Krishna, Handai, Shandai, and some from the Muslims. No, you can't do that. You can't. Jesus is set apart. It's not the same God. He's not the same God as Allah. He's not the same God as Krishna. He's a part set apart all alone by himself. Why? Because him alone died and him alone got up. All right? One man, one grave. Not multiples. Him alone. He's set apart. Buddha did not get up. Welcome, you're being offensive. Well, as long as my offense remains on the cross, so be it. You see, we have to protect the image of love. We have to protect Him. Because when we protect the image of love, we protect the image of God. The righteous King of kings and Lord of lords. The chief priest, the main thinking of the day will go against it. The authors will go against it. They will bring down and they will condemn Him to death. And then, look what happens. And then they'll have him hand Him over to the Gentiles. You see how their influence has now influenced the Gentiles who was, were following him, was a fan of Jesus, he was very popular, and now they will crucify him. Make sense? If you and I don't stand for the righteousness of God and the love of God, and our lives don't testify, I promise you, you'll get crucified. You'll get ridiculed and mocked. 
You'll have no testimony whatsoever. Who's met people that are trying to talk to you about Jesus, but you can't listen for five minutes because they've got no, no testimony. Their lives don't match up with their talk. Okay? It's got to meet. It's got to meet there. This is why it's important to know the definition of love and to protect this image of love. To protect it. Welcome, but you haven't given it to us. I'm going to give it to you now. It's all in there. It's all in there. Jesus' definition of love is, greater love is no one than this, than someone lay down his life for another. That's the definition of love. John and Paula Stanford write it in this way. To love somebody is to care more about their physical, emotional, spiritual growth than your own. To care more about their physical, emotional, and spiritual growth than your own. That's to love somebody. Jesus defines it like this. You lay down your life for another, then you love them. Okay? All right. Every time, madam, you decide to make the meal with love, even though you are so sick and tired of cooking, because you've been cooking for 20 years now. Who knows what I'm talking about? You're sick and tired of it. <laughs> because he knows you're tired of it. You've told him that. You know, darling, you've got to help with the food. <laughs> you're sick and tired of cooking. Trying to find a new meal to make because we're sick and tired of Monday night burgers and Tuesday night burgers and Thursday night burgers and Friday night burgers. <laughs> you're tired of it. It's, 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 a, it's a chore. Am I right? Every time you decide to lay down, go stand there and make that food with love, you are loving your family. Manier? Every time you bite on your lip, because you'd rather drown your wife than hug her right now. Who knows what I'm talking about? Don't put up your hand. <laughs> okay, I'll put up my hand. For all the men, I'll stand proxy. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Randfontein, bro. You know, <laughs> you're there, you're not born with blue eyes, you fight for them. <laughs> Every time you control your temper, you're laying down your life and you're loving. Every time you check how you speak to somebody, every time you do that, when you just run your mouth, every time he's like, I'm going to say this the right way. You know, I'm going to rather keep my mouth shut because if I open it now, I know I'm going to add some venom, and venom to this conversation. Now I'm loving that person. Every time you walk away from the sin in your life, you are loving Jesus. Years ago, it was very, very difficult for me. When I just, when the Lord spoke to me to stop drinking. Because I would, I didn't have a drinking problem. Really, it wasn't a problem for me. <laughs> it's a problem for other people maybe, especially the missus. I wouldn't drink often, but when I do, I, um, I don't see the stop streets anymore. Because this is how you drink. You open the top, you say, 
Nee. We stop when it's finished. Nee. You buy a six pack, then we clap. Nee. With a six pack or case, or it must be finished. That's, nee. So I don't have a drinking problem, but other people had a problem. And the Lord spoke to me one day, and the Lord said to me, Wilco, which do you love more, me or alcohol? And I said, Lord, alcohol has not done anything for me, but you have. He says, okay, do you love me more? Yes, then stop drinking. Now, every time we went to a wedding and I didn't have a glass of wine or I didn't go with the four cousins. <laughs> you know why it's the four cousins? We used to be five. <laughs> okay. Every time I said no, and it was very, very difficult. I was loving my wife. We'll get in the car and she would say, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Every time I'm loving my wife. Today it's very easy. See, when every time you lay down your life, every time you lay down your life, you are loving the Lord. Every time you walk away from your sin, you are loving the Lord. This is the definition of love, is to lay down your life. Do not let popular conversation and popular thinking and mainstream thinking influence the definition of love that you have that says love is love is love and we can all just do whatever we want to it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way young people need to hear this because when they move in together they are not loving one another neither they're loving the lord it's when you lay down that that you love Every time you submit to your parents, every time you're obedient to them, you are loving them and you're loving the Lord. I want you to know that Jesus had to submit. You can go read Hebrews. Jesus submitted to his parents. And it says he suffered submission for 18 years. Remember the story? They came back from Jerusalem and then they looked around and where's little Jesus, 12-year-old Lighty? Not there. So they drop back three days. Now that's now six days walk. Do you know what's going to happen if I have to walk after you six days? Can I tell you what's going to happen? You're going to get six of the best. Proper. I'm going to dance on your toes. You know how that looks. Huh? I'll get you there. promise you. Okay. And then he says, do you not know it's supposed to be my, my father's business? And Jesus is in the right. Remember, he's perfect. He's sinless. He's not dishonoring his parents. And then he chooses to submit for the next 18 years. He's already ready for ministry at 12. Why? The scribes and the Pharisees are hanging on his lips and he's teaching them. But he suffers submission to his parents for the next 18. That's when you love them. That's when you love them. He was 30 when he went on his own. Now, well, I'm 21 now. I'll do whatever I want to. Does that sound familiar? Familiar? Okay? Does it sound familiar? They're not going to tell me. The day I'm 18, I'm out that door and they will never tell me again. Is there some people that said that before? Don't put up your hand. Don't put up. It's scared too many hands go up. That's not love. That's not love. Love is when you lay down. Love is when you submit. Love is when you surrender what you think and what you feel to the Word of God. Now, I want you to get this. Jesus doesn't expect anything of us 
which he himself did not do. He laid down his life for us. Did we deserve it? No. We were sinners, lost, at war with Christ. And he says, I love you and I'll show you how to love. I lay down my life. This is the definition of love. Do not let popular thinking influence the definition. It's not okay. When you suffer and when you struggle and when you find it hard to lay down your life, know that it's love that's motivating you. It's love. It's not obligation. It's not law. It is love that is motivating you. That's the love of Christ. That's a godly love to lay down your life. So next time Mr. Peter Stuyvesant is calling your name, choose. Let love motivate you. Or Mr. You all know Um Ruka Lewis? When Um Ruka Lewis is calling? Or Mary Jane? When Mary Jane's calling you? Those people that know, know. Those people that don't know, won't know. No. When Mary Jane's calling you and you say, no, I love Christ more. I love Him more. Or Debbie, you all know Debbie? No. Those that know, know. Those that don't know, won't know. That's good. Debbie van Dallas off. <laughs> Every time... I'm making light of it, but every time you say no to Debbie, you're submitting to Christ. You are laying your light down your life and you're loving Him. And you love Him because He first loved you. Does that make sense? Are you following? I want you to close your eyes. Please, please, would you close your eyes? I'm going to ask you my question, and I want you to consider my question again. Maybe you've heard me ask my question a million times. But I'm going to ask you again because this is the right thing to do. If you would pass away right now, or you go out that door and something happens, God forbid, and you die, where would you go? Would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? And I want everybody just eyes closed. I don't want you to look at me right now, please. I'm also working every head bowed, please. I want you to consider this question. If you had to pass away now, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? If your answer is, I hope, I think, I don't know, it means you are not saved. It means that you have not received this love where Jesus lays down His life for you. And all you have to do to receive it is say, Jesus, I hear you knock, come on in. And Jesus says, those who seek me will find me. I knock and if they open, I will come in. He's, he doesn't make it difficult because he loves you. He's already prayed the price for it. He wants to save you. He wants to give you surety of salvation. He wants you 
to know, to know, to know that you are saved, that you can walk out that door with confidence that your sins are washed away, that you are forgiven, that He paid the price, and your name is written in the book of life. He wants that for you. I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray with me. Ask the whole congregation to pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for laying your life down for me. I have sinned, Lord. I have broken your moral law. And I deserve to go to hell. But you paid the price. You went there in my place. So that I might come out free. Thank you for dying for me. I accept the price you paid for me. I accept your love for me. I open my heart. And I receive you in. Come live in me, Lord. Come be my God. You and you alone. Thank you for saving me now. Thank you for putting your stamp on me. That says... I am a child of God. That I am sealed with the Holy Spirit. And from today on, I am known in the heavens and the earth as a child of God. And that I am saved. In Jesus' name. I want you to keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. If you have prayed that or if you've experienced something right now moving in your spirit, won't you just look at me? You don't have to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. Just look at me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for what you are doing right now. I want you to pray with me, please. If you want to, what we're going to pray about now is chasing away any other thing that might think it has a right over you. Can we do that? Okay, I want you to pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, as a child of God, I take up my authority now. That you have delegated to me. Command every demonic spirit to leave my life right now in Jesus' name. Spirit of lust, leave me. Spirit of poverty, leave me. Spirit of sickness, leave me. In Jesus' name, I speak 
to the fig tree of doubt dry up in Jesus' name. I speak to the fig tree of rebellion. Dry up in Jesus' name. I will no longer eat from you. I speak to the fig tree of bitterness and unforgiveness. Dry up from the roots. I will no longer entertain you. In Jesus' name. I want you to hear, the Lord is just showing me something prophetic. Remember when He sent the 12 spies to the promised land? And they came back with grapes that they were carrying on their shoulders. God says, you will eat of the good of the land. You will eat of the good of the kingdom of heaven. The fruit of heaven will start manifesting in your life. You will start eating of that. You will no longer eat of these fig trees. As long as Jesus is on the throne of your heart. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your word. We give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Won't you stand up? Let me bless you before we go. Be in a receiving mode. If I throw it to you, you must catch it. Catch it. Father, in the name of Jesus, come and bless your children, Lord. I bless them with the love of our God. I bless them with the mercy of Lord Jesus Christ. And I bless them with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Let's go have some coffee. God bless you guys. In our love.